Hi everyone, I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway. <laughs> so this is the podcast where we talk about musicals and theaters and things like that. And in today's episode, we will be talking about Frozen. All right. So um, Frozen is a musical that follows the story of two sisters, Anna, or sorry, Anna, and Elsa, who have grown distant from each other due to Elsa's secret magic powers. Um, so after her powers get exposed, Elsa runs away and accidentally curses the entire kingdom to eternal winter. And Anna goes on a journey to reconcile with Elsa and save the kingdom. I'm sure if you lived uh, on Earth any time in like 2013, <laughs> you probably know what Frozen is and you probably know what kind of like a juggernaut it is, how big of a deal it was for Disney and for everybody, like literally everybody was talking about it. So um, Claire, what is your experience with Frozen? I think this came out when I was still in high school, so <laughs> um, I watched it. I watched the first movie when I was in high school, and the second one when it came out, I also watched it. Honestly, I feel like I would have loved it a lot more if it weren't so popular and so overplayed. There's mm-hmm. a lot of the songs in Frozen that I genuinely enjoy, but just because I hear it so many, so many times, that it's now hard to kind of see it still the the same way so Mm -hmm. I guess I just grow tired of it just because I hear it everywhere especially when the first movie came out um but other than that like I would say that out of some of the more recent Disney movies I still feel like Frozen is one of those that still makes an impression and obviously I always always love the family theme so like the sisterhood component and that that sort of emotion and feelings and connection really speaks to me too. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I also uh, watched it when it first came out um, when I was still in high school. And um, you weren't in Toronto at the time, but uh, in Toronto, there was like a huge ice storm and everything was covered in ice. So it was very (laughs) atmospheric at the time. It's like it's something that everybody still remembers. I think there was we didn't have power for three days because it was so icy. I managed to take some like beautiful pictures, literally Everything was encrusted in ice. It was great. <laughs> uh, though probably while you were still there, it wasn't. It didn't feel as great. But in terms of like the musical itself, this is like the first for me at least newer um, Disney musical that actually felt like the authentic '90s formula, which is what I've grown up on. It felt to me like all the great classics like Snow White, Beauty and the Beast, like Little Mermaid, all that kind of stuff. It felt to me the same way, not only in terms of story, but also in the terms of the song. So you did mention how they are overplayed, especially Let Go. I agree, they were all overplayed. Uh, personally, I don't mind having songs that are overplayed. I like hearing the same things over and over again. Um, so it didn't really detect from uh, my enjoyment of them. But they were absolutely everywhere. And compared to other newer Disney musicals, like Tangled, for example, which had more like contemporary music to them, or they're a bit more of a, the pop element compared to like the timeless sound of the 90s era Disney, this one really, really captured the timelessness of the music. So for me, it doesn't matter if you're in 2013, 2021, in the future, I'm guessing, like it will still feel fresh and authentic and not really dated to a specific time. So I really, mm-hmm. really enjoy that. I really enjoy the family aspect. So 
Um, I didn't watch it when it first came out. Um, I first listened to the soundtrack because I couldn't watch it and I wanted to know what everything was about. Um, I waited like a little bit to watch it with my family because around Christmas time my, my brother wasn't here. Um, so it was really, really nice to watch it with the entire family. It felt even like better to have something that is so like entrenched in the movie, um, have the experience with family. And it's stuff that like you can you can really visit over and over again, unlike some other uh, more modern <laughs> Disney princess movies, in my opinion. All right, so um, we can talk a little bit, I guess, about the musical. So the musical um, first came out around 2017 in Denver, and then it came to Broadway in 2018. So it is pretty recent. It's like, what, three years old? Yeah, so when it first came out, I think the reviews were a bit lukewarm on the musical. It got nominated for three Tonys, and it won none of them. And it got nominated for two um, other awards, and it won one of them. So um, people weren't really, like, like amazed <laughs> by the musical compare- in comparison to, like, other Disney musicals, notably The Lion King. Lion uh, King! Yes, yes. definitely Sorry. not in comparison to, like... Frozen when it first came out which was a box office hit it was like crazy everything was frozen so um we will explore maybe why that was the case what our thoughts on the musical whether we also have a look for a warm opinion on it maybe we think higher or lower and uh, let's just dive into it so I'm not sure actually how to pronounce the name of the first song I'm gonna call it Viewly Viewly um, so essentially the musical opens with Elsa and Anna in their bedroom. Anna tries to convince Elsa to build a snowman with her, and Elsa has magical ice powers that she uses for their play. So it's a very, very brief song, and it kind of meshes together with the rest of the songs that will follow. Any opinions on the song so far? I thought that was really short. It was very so, short, yes. Yeah, maybe we can combine some of the songs together. Um, we since can. like some of the songs like are really really super short okay so. we can do that so in the actually so I'm not sure if you have seen the movie again to like compare it I did yes so the scene that is like maybe the first five minutes at most they really stretch here to the first maybe 15 or 20 minutes here so it does make sense to like kind of mash things together so let's talk about the next song as well, Let the Sun Shine On. So um, the song is kind of like background for the story. It reveals like Elsa, Anna, and their parents are the monarchs of Arendelle, which is the name of the kingdom. Elsa was born with magic powers, which her parents ask her to hide. And Anna, who is both fully aware and fond of Elsa's magic powers, come to her defense and everybody kind of like plays and bonds together as a family. And... Maybe we can even mash it together with a little bit of you. So the next song, a little bit of you. Um, the family returns from the festivities and the king and queen send Anna and Elsa to bed. Uh, Anna and Elsa play with magic in their bedroom, even though their parents told them not to. And um, during their play, they create Olaf, which is a much beloved character, depending on who you ask, um, who is a magical snowman who has traits both from Anna and from Elsa. So we're going to talk about these three songs, uh, Viewly, let's, let's call it Viewly, Let the Sun Shine On, and A Little Bit of You. 
So I think it's really brilliant that they made um, Do You Want to Build a Snowman beginning. So you can see that sort of comparison later on. Um, I thought both the actresses for the Little Elsa and Little Anna was so cute. Mm -hmm. And I really like the clothing here. So I think in Let the Sun Shine On, like, you kind of get to see the traditional clothing of the kingdom. And I'm guessing that it's some sort of Northern European. So I'm not really an expert in these kind of things, but it kind of seems to me it looks like German slash Danish slash like Norwegian stuff. Personally, I really like that sort of culture. So it looks absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, I do notice another really cute little detail is that in the A Little Bit of You, there is a, this little small doll beside Anna. And I think this is from like one special episode of Frozen. Um, and it's the one that Elsa talks to when she was lonely mm -hmm. in, in that episode. So I thought that was a really cute sort of little detail they added to the musical on stage here. So it kind of speaks to um, not only the movie version, but obviously like all the special clips and short videos and things like that. So that's really, really brilliant. I don't know. I think the addition of A Little of You is a nice addition just because it really helped me to have a better understanding of the sisterhood and their relationship in the beginning. I know we kind of see that beginning of the movie too, but like you said, it was like five minutes. It was very, very brief. Um, but in this only, you can obviously see the two uh, girls playing together and they're laughing and they're like pretty much singing to each other and Anna like, defending Elsa of her magical powers and is saying that it's very, very cool and she absolutely loves it. I think that really encouraged Elsa to feel like maybe magic is something that she could have been proud of, um, if not for the accident that happened later on. So just these three songs, like compilation together, I thought it was really cute. And obviously just a huge shout out to the child like well like the children actresses who play Elsa and Anna because they're really both so adorable and they're really good at acting and singing together too so that's mm -hmm. really impressive yeah for sure I thought the child actresses did an amazing job they inject so much personality so much life into it and uh the fact that they have to like go up there and sing in front of like thousands of people every night and manage to do it so well Honestly, it's it's really amazing. Huge kudos to them. In terms of like the opening of the three songs, I was actually very disappointed because really? um yeah. So I really really like Frozen Heart, which is the original first song in the movie. Um and I think the framing of the the plot goes a lot better in the movie compared to the musical. So um I guess I'll do a little bit of a comparison. So Frozen Heart kind of like starts with, off with Kristoff who is um, going to be Anna's, Anna's love interest later on. And um, it kind of like shows how he like relates to the kingdom. It has a break in between that follows like Elsa and Anna and their family more directly. Um, and then it goes back after the accident we'll talk about later to Kristoff and it kind of like filling a lot of gaps and a lot of holes that exist in the musical because they didn't do that. So um, I thought the framing was a, a lot more... Uh, done a lot more poorly and I also didn't like the showing of the Elsa's and Anna's relationship as much in comparison to the movie because they have a lot of constraints in the musical they can't show all the angles of the play all the like all the scenery in comparison to the movie it seems a lot less authentic to me it seems a lot more manufactured so I enjoyed it less like in their playing I could see a lot 
of like my playing with my siblings as a kid, for example, in the movie, which I didn't really get in the musical <laughs> as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really, really crushed about Frozen Heart because I really like that song. I'm going to give them like kudos for the fact that they will include one single line later on from Frozen Heart in like act two, just to like give it a shout out or anything. But it was a really good song and I didn't enjoy musically Let the Sunshine On and a little bit of You that much. I just thought they were corny and kind of lifeless. Yeah, in terms of like narrative structure, framing and the music, I think they kind of dropped the ball straight like from the beginning. Um, All right, so we can go from that to talk about the accident we just mentioned. So um, Elsa accidentally hits Anna with magic and in order to save Anna, their mom calls the hidden folks of the mountain. So these are the trolls to heal her. The trolls heal Anna and also erase all her memories of magic from her. Um, And when Elsa asks the magic to be taken away from her, the trolls say that they can't do that and show her a glimpse of her future. So um, after seeing that, Elsa becomes really, really scared and the trolls tell her um, that fear is going to be her enemy. Because of that, the parents decide to temporarily separate Anna and Elsa and keep Anna in the dark about the magic until they find a solution to control Elsa's power. So you mentioned like, oh, you know, because Elsa, um, Elsa and Anna were so open with each other about magic before maybe she would have a better attitude before the accident but we see from the very beginning that her parents I believe it was in let the sunshine on her parents asked her to keep her secret hidden they're already fearful of what it will show um what it will look like to the kingdom and I think they mentioned it both like in the when the town folks were singing it like that her power brought a lot of fear and her parents never wanted them to be revealed to the town people So I think the fear and kind of like the shame of it was ingrained for her in her all along, which wasn't the case in the movie, actually. So I don't know about like whether she would have had a positive experience with her magic if the accident wasn't there. I feel like even though like her parents' attitude is one thing, right? But like how she sees herself is another. And if that just say like the accident didn't happen, I do feel like there is a slight chance that she might view herself differently but that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, and after all, this is something that didn't happen. So it's hard to predict like what would have happened if something something didn't happen or, totally. or things like that. Um, in terms of the song itself, like it's okay. It's not like the most <laughs> impressive or anything. Maybe just because some of the songs in this musical are fairly short and this seems to be one of the shorter songs so Mm -hmm. it's not that it didn't really leave that much of an impression for me yeah apart from that I think that this kind of like makes you appreciate the parents a little bit more compared to the movie so there's been a lot of criticism when the movie came out about like how callous her parents are and how they don't care and how they instilled fear in Elsa and I think the um, maker of this musical really took that to heart so they tried to flush them out a little bit more they tried to like make them more caring they're like oh we'll separate the two daughters for a while we're going to like look for a solution for Elsa to control her power and I think they they tried doing that in the in the like a uh, movie as well but it was a lot less pronounced than here so i think mm-hmm. kudos to them for like trying to flesh out the parents a little bit more while they're still alive and as i mentioned before like this situation kind of creates a massive plot hole with Kristoff later on so when um anna gets stricken by elsa again 
Um, later on, Kristoff recognizes what happened and then he takes her to the trolls to try to find a solution. And in here, because Kristoff hasn't been involved and he hasn't been a point of view character at all, it's kind of a plot hole on how it happens. And they're trying to like patch up the plot hole by saying like, oh, we really like children. We raised a few strays ourselves. Um, but to be honest, the first time I watched the, mu- the musical, I missed that line. Um, mm-hmm. So I had to rewatch it again and pay special attention because I noticed the plot hole to notice this line. So it's very, very easy to miss. So yeah. And in terms of the music itself, it's okay. I mean, I actually really, really like the trolls. I think the costuming on the trolls is extraordinary. And the music is pretty nice. It's nothing spectacular, as you said, but it's not offensive to my ears. All right, so after the parents decide to separate the two, um, we get to see Anna asking Elsa to play, but Elsa refuses and talks to her parents meanwhile about controlling her magic. So the parents uh, go on a ship to try and get some more information about Elsa's magic and drown on the journey. And Anna asks Elsa again before her coronation day if she wants to build a snowman with her, and Elsa doesn't answer. So in the song, we have several time jumps Um, So it starts off with Anna and Elsa the same age as what we've seen them all along. And then it goes on to like, I guess, their teenagehood and then finally to adulthood all throughout the span of Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Which is, I think, the first song that we have here that is um, something that exists in the movie as well. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the very classic scene or like the classic songs from the movie. Um, I like what they did with the door, like make the door look super big. So like in comparison, like you would, um, I guess visually you see that the child who plays Anna is like really, really small and that changes oh. throughout the song. So like that was pretty brilliant. Um, I think they changed the last section of the lyrics of the song here, and I think that is actually quite smart. So it's less sad and shows more that Anna is wanting to come in and support Elsa to prep for her big day and to seek comfort, kind of. So like in the movie, it was very depressing because the song's like kind of goes right after their parents' funeral. So it ends with Anna coming to the door again and then feeling pretty depressed and sad and wanting to kind of come in so that she and Elsa could be together mm-hmm. but in this very last section of the song in the musical however they made Anna seems like she's more nervous and she is still wanting to reach out so I think that is a change that it decided to make I don't know why but mm-hmm. that is quite different from what it is in the movie um, the other thing is that, okay, so for the first time I watched the musical, I thought the actress who plays the grown-up Anna and the grown Elsa looks a lot more mature mm-hmm. than what they look like in the movie, because when the visuals in the movie look like they're like maybe teenagers-ish, like maybe 20-ish, so yeah. it looks really, really young, but then again, it's animation, right? So like, what can you expect? Um, but the musical actress, they look very mature. So like, instead of looking like a princess, they actually look more like queen, which is, I guess, more realistic to and stay true to the character itself because Elsa is indeed queen, but I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. that's just something that I thought of when I was watching the musical and I'm like, oh, that actually looks very mature compared to what they show in the movie. Yeah. So, um... I also noticed they made a lot of changes for a lot of lyrics, um, and you are right. So in the movie, the last part with them as adults happened when the parents died in the funeral. 
And then after that, they had a three-year jump to, uh, until Coronation Day. Um, and in the musical, we've seen the last part at like the day before Coronation Day. So I guess three years after. And I really, really like <laughs> this song from uh, both the movie and um, I do like it in the musical as well. Um, even though I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of the lyrical changes they made to this song and many other songs later on, um, I understand why they're there. They have some kind of like constraints that exist when you're adapting something to stage and they wanted to make coherent sense when you're like singing the lines if somebody's paying attention to the lyrics, right? So I think the song is really, really great. It's heartbreaking, especially in the movie, but also in the musical. Um, you really get to see that Anna just wants somebody, she just wants company. You can see how completely and utterly lonely she is and how hurt she is by Elsa because she still has the memories of them being close as children. She has no idea why she suddenly um, changed her attitude towards her. And you get to see that um, both in the child actors and in the adult actors later on. And the acting um, in this entire musical is really, really superb. Um, so I think it's very, very heartbreaking and like a very um, sober moment in the entirety of the musical so far. And one of the more downer moments in general here. I, and I think it was handled very well. All right. So, uh, yes, you have talked about the next song. Um, so the next song is For the First Time in Forever. So Anna wakes up on Elsa's coronation day and sings about finally being around people after being deprived for so long. Elsa, meanwhile, just hopes to survive through the ceremony without revealing her powers. I thought this song's really cute. I it really is, admire yeah. how the actress, like, is doing all the running and dressing up and sort of, like, jumping around, changing clothes while singing at the same time, this whole time. I really liked uh, the last section where they have kind of like a duel. So when um, Anna and Elsa sing together, I always thought that part sounds really nice and mm -hmm. always enjoy that part the most. I appreciate the fact that Elsa and Anna get to sing together more in the musical than in the film. Mm -hmm. And in the musical theater convention, when kind of singing holds the heart of everything, that just means everything. And to me, it really speaks more of their relationship in the sense so i just appreciate the every single chance or opportunity when we get to see them sing together too so that's really nice yeah i also like how they did a really good job of recreating the costume from the movie mm -hmm. it's just very nice to see and all the little details are really nice um yeah i yeah. mean this song is actually i think one of one of my favorite songs from the musical mm -hmm. so it's really a nice song to me yeah I love this song as well it's a really nice song from the musical it kind of like shows you so well how, like Anna's character Anna's character um I think like it shows you all her personality so well how she's like both clumsy but so full of heart so excited so like uh optimistic and extroverted as well and she just wants to be a normal person and to have like some kind of a connection she just wants to not be lonely again and she approaches it the best way possible right so I really like it as a, as a framing for Anna and also I think that like even though all the merchandising and stuff like that focuses on Elsa so much and I, I understand why um Anna is really the main character of Frozen like she has the most amount of screen time she has the most amount of songs um and she has a lot of personality that shines through 
because we follow her all the way. So we really get to fall in love with Anna and who she is as a person. And I think this is the first glimpse of it to show us exactly who she is. Um, and in terms of Elsa, you also get to really, really feel bad for her. The kind of fear that has been instilled in her since her childhood and just has like grown and grown by her self-isolating. Um, it really, really like makes you feel bad for her. And their mm-hmm. singing voices are so compatible. When they do sing together in the duet, it sounds very nice as well. So it is a song that I really, really like from the original. They do change the lyrics here as well, but the lyrics that they change are not very consequential. It just, um, I, I memorize all the songs from here um, because I played them so much. So it really stood out for me to me every single time they had a lyrical change. So yeah, great song. The uh, physical comedy of the song that exists in the, in the movie has been translated so well to the stage. Like the actress who plays Anna does a fantastic job just executing all the jokes, which are very physically oriented. Um, the costume changes is very, very good, as you mentioned. She has like one corset that she wears throughout the entire musical as an adult. And a lot of costume changes occur like around the corset as a base piece, which I really like. And I think is very cl- is a very clever way to do it rather than just have like one big, um change and you know like the big princessy change they had the yeah where did they had it most I don't even remember Cinderella probably um they have like three of these in the musical here so I thought it was very impressive um and in general I think the executed has been the song has been executed and translated well in this one so um by the end of the first time in forever Anna trips on Hans after the first time uh, in Forever Ends, and she immediately likes him and and it seems to be mutual. So um, Anna is acting really awkward and Hans tried to make her feel better by letting her know how lowly and awkward he is. So Hans is um, a prince. He's the son of a king, but there are 13 sons. He's the 13th son, so there are 12 sons ahead of him. Um, And he's really far down the chain to royalty. So um, they kind of like bond over their mutual clumsiness and awkwardness. What do you think of Hans of the Southern Isle? I actually really like Hans mm-hmm. in the musical. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty bad for him in this song, especially. I'm not saying that what he did was okay, but mm-hmm. imagine growing up in that kind of environment, right? I, I think I can understand why he would want to seek power outside his country. And it's a Fairly short songs compared to the others. Musically, it's okay. Yeah. I like the actor who played Hans. I think he did a really good job, too. Even in the movies, I think one of the things that really make Frozen so popular and well-known is because it challenged the traditional, I guess, like, the bad people role or, like, the character. So nobody expect Hans to be, I guess, the bad guy in the end. And, and here, especially, not only in the movie, but also in the musical, like, he just appear to be such a sweet, really friendly, kind person that is easy to approach. The actor did a really good job like making that image or making that impression very convincing. And it's convincing to audience like me too. So um, it's not hard to imagine like Anna who has been pretty much like living by herself this whole time and who hasn't really had a lot of chance to interact with other people would easily fall in love with like such a charming person I guess mm-hmm. um yeah and I guess his backstory to me is also very interesting because the motivation of his actions to me is very strong um I was kind of hoping that 
because in the music, oh, sorry, because in the movie they didn't really have a chance to explore more of his backstory. I kind of hoped that they would have have more time or at least one number for him to sing. You know, like the evil solo that、um, <laughs> we get from every Disney movie, but that didn't happen. So it was a little bit disappointing to me, but. Nevertheless, I think I still appreciate the character very much, just because he's very outside of the box and he's very special in the sense that he's not the typical bad guy you will see from like a typical Disney movie. And、um, and yeah, in a way, I can I can sympathize with him.、Um, and the actor, his singing is really really good too. So that's always a plus to me because, like I said, music to me in a musical like. Um, if the music's good, if the singing is good, like I'm already giving him like a passing score.、Mm-hmm. What do you think? So I also really like the actor who plays Hans. I thought he did, he did a really really good job both in the acting and in the singing. Even though the song is pretty short, I do find relatively important. So it comes up twice after this. It got it get reprised like、yeah. three like、uh, two times. So three times it's been sung in total. So、uh, it does have a lot of staying power in the end of it. I like times up until his reveal, obviously. So like he's. Seem to be like very gallant and very like、uh, knight in shining armor, classic Disney, and that's the entire twist. I like the song okay, so I think out of all the original songs so far,、um, I like this the most. But obviously, I still like it a lot less than the songs from the movie. But apart from that, there isn't much to say besides like, oh, this is the introduction to Hans, and it's a little bit about him. So it's kind of like how he was bullied by his brothers, and how、uh, inconsequential he is as a person because there are so many replacements for him. Yeah. So、um, from that, we cut to Elsa at her coronation ceremony. Before getting anointed, she has to take her gloves as part of the ceremony, and、uh, obviously we see her being really fearful because、um, having her gloves on it kind of like symbolizes the control of her power in her mind. So taking them off is kind of like relinquishing a part of that control.、Um, so it's uncertain whether she'll be able to like control her powers enough, and she does. And、uh, during the ceremony, Elsa reflects on her life and everything she had to sacrifice to be in this moment in the song "Dangerous to Dream." I have to be so cautious, and you're so extreme. We're different, you and I, and it's dangerous to dream. It's dangerous to wish. Choices of my own, dangerous to even have that thought. I'm dangerous just standing here for everyone to see. If I let go of rules, who knows how dangerous I'd be? I really. The opening section of the song is、mm-hmm. really a nice song, and it reminds me of something that they would play in the church.、Mm-hmm. And of course, I don't go to church because I'm not religious, but it's just a feeling that I got. So if this is wrong or like this is actually not the case, then don't hate me for it. It's just the vibe that I got.、Um, the musical, I think, it made the story really well developed more than the movie. And this song is all about Elsa's feelings about Anna. 
which I think is really nice. And it's a very good and smoother transition to, I think, let it go later. And I guess just the song numbers that comes after this in general. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, in the new editions of the songs in musical, I think this one and the other one that came out like in act two would be my top favorite, just because I think it says a lot more about Elsa's character. And like you said, Anna is the core character of Frozen and she gets the most screen time and whatever. But I do feel like Elsa in the musical version, at least that she gets a little bit more time on the stage. And we as audience can understand her a little bit better just because she has, I think, at least two additional numbers to sings more about just how she thinks, what she feels and um, her character in general. So that is something that I appreciate. And musically, this song is, to me, it sounds really nice anyway. So that's mm-hmm. always a plus. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, I'm glad that they gave her more songs and more solos in particular. I always thought it was such a waste to not yeah. give Idina Menzel more songs because she, she is such like a Broadway legend. She's so terrific. Like, why would you only give her that one big smash hit? So I'm glad that they've given her more songs. And in terms of like original songs, it is better, in my opinion, than... Hans of the Seven Isle, the previous song, so it's kind of like taking the top spot so far of the best <laughs> original song for me. Uh, I did enjoy it, for sure. I thought it gave Elsa more depth in depth as a character, and it also got her to flex a little bit more of her acting and uh, singing before the big number. So I thought it was uh, a good addition. Uh, but to be honest, it wasn't too, too consequential for the plot. It's just more of a character development moment for Elsa, in my opinion. So Elsa is now a queen, a queen, and um, she gets to like chit chat with Anna for the first time in forever, I guess. While they were talking, the Duke of Weaseltown, a neighboring country, enters and he tries to like flirt with Elsa, but Anna saves her, and then they go dance. So they're having a really good time together until Anna tries to encourage Elsa to open up the gates um, of the castle to the outside world, and Elsa snaps and leaves. So um, Hans comes in and he and Anna leave the hole. And while opening up to each other and talking about their past, Anna said she never really understood why her parents suddenly closed the gates to the castle and stopped all the celebration, as well as why Elsa stopped talking to her. And then Hans uh, says that he also felt ignored and mocked by his family. So they sing Love is an Open Door, professing their love to each other. And at the end of the song, Hans proposes and Anna accepts. I really like the song. Like I said, if it weren't so overplayed, uh, I feel like I would have liked it more. But nevertheless, I still really liked it. I think in this version, Hans is so much cuter. Totally. <laughs> and I I don't know. It just makes a lot more sense to me. I can understand their connection. Um, if I were on it, I would not understand why my parents didn't tell me. To mm-hmm. be honest, they think this is for the better or like for the greater good. And this is better for Anna and for Elsa and for everyone, I, I guess. But I would be pretty upset if I found out the truth and they have been trying to keep it away from me this whole time. 
that's just my personal opinion. But back to the song itself, musically, it's very cute. It's almost one of those typical love songs you will find in a Disney movie. So then again, another reason why it's very hard to predict that Hans is the bad guy in the end. And uh, just because I don't think you ever have or you ever heard um, a duet between, like, I guess the main character and the bad character in the Disney movie. So this might be the first time they actually sing a song together. And that is very interesting, just because in this song, you can really see that they are just so cute together. Mm -hmm. And in the musical version, Anna is clearly, she's getting all sexual and stuff, so it's really funny, too. Um, And there's a dancing part in between of the song. Mm -hmm. So... There's a almost like a, I don't want to say dance break, but I can't think of a better word, which is super amazing because it's very physically challenging. Like totally. Hans has to carry Anna and then they have to perform all these like very difficult actions and then they have to sing. So really, I just have endless admiration of the actors um, um, for being able to just pull that together on the stage and it, they sound amazing together too. So it's just really, really impressive. And after, I think after the song, they share a super long kiss, which is really awkward for me to watch. Um, Concerning this is a Disney movie or like a Disney production, I guess, like it's just one of the things I didn't expect, I guess, is just there. So there Mm -hmm. you go. Yeah, I really hope that they would explore more Han's backstory, to be honest, because I do feel like he's pretty sincere or like pretty genuine when he said that he was also being ignored and I know Mm -hmm. that we heard things about that before in his number but I just in the movie I never get the idea that Hans maybe also feel something towards Anna but like in this number the real actors sort of convinced me a little bit that if they at that point shared some kind of connection together and obviously Mm -hmm. nothing comes before his own ambition and goal in the end but it's just it would make sense to me that if they ever feel that there was something in between the two of them just because that they both have apparently pretty miserable childhood Mm -hmm. yeah I love this song (laughs) so Disney doesn't have too too many duets actually so um both my sister and I really really like singing and in case we do want to sing together we usually pick like a Disney duet um so this is something that we pick pretty regularly and pretty often um so it's it's a really cute song I love it and I think they did a really really good job uh doing it in the musical as well I liked the dance break I didn't mind the kiss too much I thought it was like oh it makes sense with Anna's character she's really eager she's lonely um so I really really liked it musically um and also it kind of endears me to Hans more at this at this point I was trying to think while you were talking, sorry about that, um, about what you said about not having like a, a duet between like a bad guy and um, a good guy in Disney. And I think you're pretty much right. The only one I can think about is Savages from Pocahontas that had like um, kind of a duet. But apart from that, I really can't think of anything. So if you guys can, I will also reflect on it later because I'm sure I will. Um, let us know. But as that was an aside, um, in terms of the song, apart from uh, really, really liking it 
and thinking they did a good job here. I don't have much to say. I was very impressed with the dancing here because it is very physically demanding. Like Hans hurls her up in the air and she like he flips her and they have to do all sorts of demanding stuff and sing. Um, and I thought it was crazy town to actually do that. And they managed to do it very successfully. Um, so clearly they hire quality actors and performers for this role. And since it is also a number from the original movie, I, I think it's a very, it's very good. It has been done very thoughtfully there and definitely here as well. So no bad thing to say about it. I like it. And apart from that, we can continue on. So Anna and Hans go to Elsa to ask for her blessing after the proposal. Elsa does not take it very well and refuses to give her blessing um, and calls off the celebration and the gates like to be closed and everything. But before anyone can leave, Anna accidentally takes off her glove while like questioning why she's been so closed off, what's wrong. And that activates Elsa's power in front of everyone. So the entire castle is iced, and as we'll find out later on, the entire kingdom is iced. So Elsa runs away after this is happening with Anna in tow. And before leaving, Anna leaves Hans in charge. Then we cut to Kristoff. Uh, they can't find a place that will let them stay for the night after the surprise blizzard that happened in Arendelle. And he sings, reindeers are better than people. I just want to say something regarding the Elsa running away situation. I really don't like how they made the Duke of Weaselton, which we found out, uh, which we were introduced to earlier, really sexist in this version. He's like, oh my god, women, magic, unacceptable, witch, monster. And I think just because the story is about women, it doesn't mean that somebody always has to be sexist and be shown as wrong. So it doesn't always have to like address patriarchy. It can just be a, a story about women without it being a factor. Yeah, that's that's the big thing I wanted to add to this before I'll ask yeah, you your opinion. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I feel like that was just a little bit too much and it was unnecessary. But the other point that I took while I was watching was that I really want to give a shout out to the stage effect and really good props of Elsa's magical power when mm-hmm. she accidentally created the eyes in the hall and um and when she froze the whole country slash mountain ish and we can see that it was all covered in ice like on even just watching it on the screen it already looks visually super impressive just imagine what it would feel like if you watched it in the theater. So the stage effect is absolutely amazing. And I think they really try hard to bridge the gap between like what they can do on stage. So like the real life effects versus like obviously the animation effects, which you can have like a lot more things going on. But I guess in the end, like for me, they Uh really did a good job and you can further see it in Let It Go later. It's just the stage effect is just absolutely amazing. And I also really like the music here after Elsa ran away. It's very fast paced. So to me, it's a very nice gateway to kind of symbolize how Elsa is very nervous. She's scared, she's frustrated, and she's desperate. So that music to me, even though like there was no lines in it, it wasn't a number of anything, but I appreciate that very short piece of music just because Mm -hmm. I think it says a lot about how Elsa is feeling. It was like a very short, maybe like a minute or two kind of scene on stage, but it was very nicely done, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, like with Idina Menzel only getting one song, I think it's a it's a pity that Jonathan Groff only got this tiny, tiny song in a movie. Um, and they do give him more songs than this. 
um, in a musical, which I'm I'm thankful for. Uh, the actor who plays Christoph did a fantastic job as well, and he seems like exactly like um, the movie portrays him. So incredible kudos. And as you mentioned, the effects um, in the in the musical incredible. They're really really well done. The way they uh, symbolize snow, they symbolize it snow and ice in different ways, and I think they uh, they put a lot of thought into it. So it's mm-hmm. very, very well done. Um, in terms of the song, Reindeers Are Better Than People, I think it's so sweet. It's so cute. It's so tiny. <laughs> it just gives you a good idea of what kind of like a simple life Kristoff has. He doesn't have like much, but he is happy with what he has. But apart from that, I don't have much to say because I don't have much bearing on the plot. Yeah. All right. So Anna stumbles upon Kristoff on her way to find Elsa and Kristoff decides to help Anna. And when he asks what happened, why is the kingdom iced? Anna says it was her fault since um, Elsa got upset at her engagement to a man she met that day. So um, Kristoff is also dubious about that kind of like choice that she made. And he (laughs) criticizes Anna. And um, meanwhile, Anna kind of like doubles down on her opinion. And they sing, uh, what do you know about love? Love's not a thing you get, it's work and tears and sweat. So says a sweaty, smelly mountain man. Oh, what do you know about love? What do you know about love? It sounds like meh to me. I'm, I'm okay, it's not something too great for my taste but I agree <laughs> with Christoph about like love is not something you get but it's rather like work and tears so when he said that I was like this should be the quote of like every Disney movie so like stop marrying the guy on the first side of love yeah I think it's a very it's a very mature theme and again shout out to the stage props because <laughs> um I think in the movie they experience a challenge together as the wolves were chasing them or something and that's how they kind of created some sort of bond between them but here it there is a bridge and I guess like Kristoff like almost fell over the bridge and mm. Anna helped him so yeah. I think it's a very nice change just because imagine having to put the wolves on stage that'll be just too much um, <laughs> but the bridge looks super real and is very impressive I think the musical did a really good job pathing the relationship development between them and just one song so it makes a lot more sense too and in a movie you don't really get that song you kind of have a dialogue or like a conversation between the two of them and that's just how it is but I think by having a number together it makes more sense in the musical that the the two of them will progress to I guess eventually develop some sort of romantic interest in each other so it's very cute and for me I always love the storyline when people kind of start off as like kind of rival-ish and then they kind of become friends and then eventually becomes lovers or partners. So it's a lot more I realistic. I love that joke too. <laughs> yeah, it's very relatable. And um, to name one, like Pride and Prejudice is like oh, my all-time favorite. Thanks. So that sort of bond and development is always something that speaks true and dear to my heart. Um, so in my opinion, this kind of relationship would definitely last longer. And it's something very um, rare to see in the Disney movie or like a Disney production so I really enjoy that Mm -hmm. yeah same I I actually really like the relationship uh, over here the friendship progressing to like lovers after like having a little bit of animosity 
in terms of the song, I think it's very catchy. Like, it's one of the songs that I remembered after first listening to it. One of the original songs, I mean. But it's not as good, necessarily, as the other songs. Like, I don't think it's as complex or as, like, interesting to listen to. But it is, in- like, very catchy. And it's not bad by any means. Yeah. Um. All right. So, um, after they had this... Uh, oh, actually, never mind. One thing I really wanted to say. So, in the original movie... Anna asks Christoph to accompany her um, when she first meets him, um, and she gets him to do it. And she also gets herself the winter clothes, and no, it's not practical to be in her party dress. Um, and they change that in the musical because they move the scene with the shop owner um, to act two rather than it happening here. And in here, they made Christoph offer his help instead. And he's like, oh, you're really unequipped. You need winter clothes. The wind is coming from there. We need to go that way. And it wasn't like Anna's idea. And I didn't like that they do this. They did the same thing in Legally Blonde. If you remember, I complained endlessly about it. And I hate that they always do this in musicals. They really like need to take the progressive elements from the movie and keep them progressive in the musical rather than just make them regress. Like, Anna knows that she is not equipped. Anna can take care of herself. She knows what she needs to do and she'll get it done. She doesn't need somebody to tell her what to do. So, yeah, that really bugged me and it just <laughs> gave me war flashback to Legally Blonde because at that moment, it pissed me off so much. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, that's a little aside about that. So, uh, moving on with the plot. So, um, Anna, Kristoff, and Sven here. A snippet of A Little Bit of You, and Olaf, the magic snowman, enters. So Olaf kind of like jogs Anna's memory about her childhood, and also um, we find out that he knows where Elsa is, and he is going to lead them to Elsa after asking kind of like why they want to see her in the first place. So Kristoff says that they want to bring back Summer, and Elsa can do that, and then Olaf kind of like starts singing about what he would do in Summer. So um, what do you think about In Summer? I mean, I always have very little feelings and interest about Olaf in general, <laughs> so not much to say here. I just generally don't really feel much towards characters like this. My favorite character who's very close to Olaf in nature would probably be Mushu from Milan. Mm-hmm. Okay, Olaf's still cute and funny, but that's about it. I just don't think too much of it. And for that reason, I guess I just don't have a very strong feelings about the song, too. Like, musically, it's like, meh, it's not the greatest. And I don't quite understand why they need to put a number in here, to be honest. I just don't understand the purpose of this song. Like, maybe it's just to introduce Olaf. But, but yeah, if that's the case, then it definitely just served its purpose. And I don't really think too much outside that. What do you think? I mean, it's a song from the movie, right? So there's absolutely yeah, no is. way they will omit it from the musical. Yeah, but I just since... don't understand why they would include it in the movie, too. It's a it's a song that I think is more um, geared towards children. So oh, okay. um, one of the big merchandising, um, you know, aspects of Frozen is Olaf. And Olaf is kind of like the character you see on all the plushies, and he's sold literally everywhere. Um, and that's like, a lot of how um, Disney or animated or movies that are geared toward children in the first place make their money. So having that kind of like very merchandisable, buyable um, character is super important. And that's what Olaf is. I think that it's good that they've given him the 
callback to a little bit of you because a little bit of you was a song about Olaf, like about how Anna and Elsa were creating Olaf and giving him characteristics from themselves. So when he enters, having that little like memory jog to um, that moment is good. Yeah, I think I think it's okay. It's fine. Moving on from that. Um, so meanwhile, we find out that Arendelle is in crisis due to the snow. Um, and the Duke of Weaseltown is fear-mongering the citizens, calling both Elsa and Anna witches and monsters. So Hans protects their reputation as a servant brings a piece of Anna's clothing that was found outside a castle. And Hans deduces that Anna is in trouble and sends a search party, which includes himself, after her. So the next song is the big number. Let it go. So after this happened, we cut back to Elsa, um, who is singing about her relief to not be burdened by the constant need to to suppress her powers. Yeah, I I mean, we already know um, this number is the number of the musical and of the movie and just of this entire series, I think. Once again, the stage effect is absolutely amazing. It was mm. just so nicely done. I I think I even seen the clip before I actually watched the whole musical. I just oh, seen you it on YouTube before. Yeah. Nice. It's it's really, really nice. Obviously the singing is absolutely wonderful as well. Mm-hmm. The ending height note, it's so good. Yeah, they changed it's it very the Yeah, it's different from the movie and I think it's a very nicely done change it's a very great change actually and as a closure of the act one it has definitely a very strong ending to that um it's a very nice song but then again it's just way too overplayed but it doesn't take away the fact that i can still enjoy it when i will watch this so it's really nice and going back to that previous song about um hans i think I really think that the actor has a really good vocal. And for the record, I watched the original Broadway cast version. So that person, I can't really remember his name, but he really did such a good job. Like his vocal is very strong. And honestly, he has a very typical good guy voice, if that makes yeah. sense. So I think all of that just adds to why I really enjoy like every time that he has something to sing, like it's just nice. And from the perspective of a prince or like who's somebody in the power struggle, I actually really admire his planning skills because apparently I don't know where I read this, but I think his brothers told him about the queen was going to become of age three years prior to Elsa actually be crowned as queen. So he actually came earlier, like years before to start planning this whole thing. So that sort of dedication and planning skills is really quite amazing if you're mm-hmm. thinking about somebody who is a royalty pretty much who's trying to strive and win in a power struggle so I really admire Hans in this regard yeah so I can th- see that you have a very soft spot for Hans I do uh, I understand that to be honest Hans and uh, is very charming for sure uh, and I, I can see that you really appreciate like the criminal mastermind that he had to go through in order to execute his little plan. But um, in terms of Let It Go, when it first came out, I was obsessed with the song. I really didn't mind it. It was overplayed everywhere. It's a great song. It's a big moment in terms of like the costuming. We can start talking about that. Um, they did a really good transition with her hair, uh, which is not something that we talk about often. So um, 
the way that it turns like from a braid to like the little updo that she had or like reverse from the updo to the braid um is really creative because they like literally incorporated a braid into the updo so all she had to do is like take a pin out um it made it very easy for that transformation to happen and obviously with her big dress it looks amazing and it happened within a second so it's a very impressive transformation to see the effects of the ice power very very well done everything just like like what is it it's, i think it's like some sort of paper confetti at least in the version that i've seen i've seen like the uh january 2020 version in terms of the song itself you can see it's a very cathartic moment it's catchy as hell it has a lot of emotional backing to it it means a lot to a lot of people because um people already like figured out that Elsa symbolizes kind of like depression anxiety all that kind of thing so I think it's a uh, it's taking leaps and bounds towards normalizing mental health um in a way that is digestible towards children and the lyrics of the songs not only are meaningful they are very well executed in the song I am very very big fan of it it's my favorite here um <laughs> in the musical and I think it, they did a good job translating it and in terms of changing the high notes I understand why they did it so in the entirety of the musical they made Elsa a bit more like punk rock if that makes sense so with the reimagining of her vocal performance towards a more alternative style it makes sense for them to change it and I'm not mad at them for doing that I think it actually works so act two starts in a way that I'm not happy with. I'm not happy with either of the acts in the way they start. So I wasn't happy with act one because I thought the songs weren't very good. And I was really upset about taking away a frozen heart. And act two starts with the song Higa. So um, we open with a shop, a shop opener owner trying to sell his wares and he sings about why he isn't like bothered by the new predicament his kingdom is in um in the song higa for those who are interested higa means comfortable it means cozy um and halfway through the song anna and Kristoff enter to get some more supplies on their journey and he bestows the knowledge of higa on them so uh what do you think of it i always have a soft spot for danish culture (laughs) <laughs> because I went to exchange in Denmark before, and um, and this that was the first time that I was introduced this this concept as well. So oh, it's a I real have, concept. Yeah, it is. It's I a real word. That is that is good to know. <laughs> There's actually a lot of books and psychology books, especially uh, written about around this concept, because it's known as the secret key to happiness for Danish people. So if you want to read more about it, there I'm I'm sure like you can find tons of resources online. I always skip positive psychology as a course, and I wonder if if I didn't skip it, I would probably be confronted with it. Yeah, well, it's very very well known. So even mm-hmm. if you don't, you haven't taken a psychology course before, like if you want to live happy, I guess, um, then I'm sure like at some point you will run into this phrase or this um, terminology because it's very internationally well known. So very, very nice phrase. It means, like you said, it's like comfortable, feel at ease, cozy, that sort of stuff. So I have a lot of personal connections or personal feelings toward this phrase. And I feel like that makes me have a less harsh um, impression (laughs) of the song, too. I like this song musically. It's okay. Like, I mean, it's not absolutely horrible, but it's not something I would want to listen to 
after I watched it, if that makes sense. I feel like nowadays there's a lot of songs like that, like from a very Potter musical last week too. There's just things that I like. I'm okay with listening to it while I'm watching the musical, but it's not like I'll go back to watch it or like go back to listen to it. And this is exactly one of those. So I guess in this song, like we see the owner of the trading store from the movie, and this is actually where Anna first met Kristoff in the movie. Yeah. And now they kind of put it here um, towards the opening of the act two. I'm personally okay with the change. I don't really understand why they do that, but whatever. Like it, it's not like making a lot of difference for me personally anyway, so it's okay. But yeah, I just have a soft spot for Danish culture, so I like the song's concept, but musically it's okay. Not to offend any Danish people, but I hate the song. <laughs> it's not about the concept of Higa, um, which I did not know was a real thing. It's just about the sheer unnecessary moment that is the shop owner occurring now. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't mind him not being there at all if they decide not to have him in Act 1 where he's supposed to be. Um, so sticking him there because he's kind of like a popular-ish recognizable character that a lot of people seem to like in the original movie seems cuckoo bananas to me. Like, I don't understand why it's there. Um, and the song is just, like, not fun to listen to. It just seems like it's geared towards people who are three. Not only was it unnecessary because the music was bad, it was unnecessary because this is not the right moment for it and does nothing for the plot and the narrative. So yeah. All right. So moving on from Higa, Anna, Kristoff, and Olaf leave the shop and make their way to Elsa's ice palace. And Anna meets Elsa and introduces them to Kristoff and Olaf. So um, Anna wants to be close with Elsa, but Elsa says no and tells Anna exactly what happened when they were kids to explain why she cannot and could not be with Anna in the past. Um, and Elsa says that she will be staying in her ice castle alone and start singing I Can't Lose You. So in the version that I watched, so the original version, this is one of the songs that wasn't included, but I listened to it like separately and it's a very nice song, but I kind of wish that they included it in obviously the first version of the Broadway production and maybe in the movie too, because then again, I really just appreciate every single opportunity when Anna and Elsa gets to sing together. Mm-hmm. And um <laughs> I, other than that, like musically, it's it's a very nice song. But other than that, I really don't have much to say. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I actually really like this um, as far as like new additions go because this is a moment between Anna and Elsa, and I think it both sounds beautiful and it's very emotional. Um, I think they do a good job conveying the kind of like conflict that they have between them. Elsa immediately remembers what it was like when she did hurt Anna and she tries everything in her power to not repeat the same mistake again even though it wasn't her fault because she's just so fearful of hurting somebody that she loves and Anna doesn't understand this it's like okay I'm 
I, I love you too. I'm willing to be with you despite the risk. Um, we can fix everything together. We can do everything that we can in order to not only fix the kingdom, but also fix our relationship as sisters, because I remember how nice it was when we were young and we were close to each other. So I really, really appreciate this um, this song kind of like musically, because I think they did a good job executing it. The actors' voices blend very well. And also emotionally, I think they really did a really good job. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the song that was there when you watched it was a reprise of For the First Time in Forever. And that's actually what played in the movie as well. So they took uh, something that happened in the movie and then they they transplanted an original song here. And this is like one of the times I actually think was really, really nice. Though in the movie, I like that Elsa had like a moment where she's like blocking everybody from her head and she does like the, uh, I can't. I really like that movie in, um, for the first time in forever. If you watched any version before the 2020 Frozen version, um, that's what you will hear. Yeah. Any any thoughts about For the First Time in Forever Reprise, if we're already talking about it? I actually really liked it. <laughs> I think that's one of the few um, clips or videos or songs that I'll actually go onto YouTube and search and I'll listen to it. Yeah. I think it sounds really nice. And especially in the movie version, oh my god, like the vulnerability of um, Elsa's voice is just incredible. So I really like that part. I think it's very, very nicely done. It's so well made. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, just the singers and everybody did such a great job. It just sounds so nice together, even though it's so short. (laughs) Yeah. So that's one thing that kind of Wish that it was longer so I can enjoy it longer. But um, nevertheless, even though it was like very short, it's like maybe a minute or something, it's mm-hmm. still very, very nice to listen to. Yeah, it's very, very nice. I really enjoyed when she says that I can't like the, the part leading to it. I thought it was phenomenal. And um, yeah, I kind of miss it in here because I did like that moment particularly. And it always stood up uh, yeah. to, like for me. But uh, I, I still like the switch that they made here just because I think it fleshes out their feelings for each other a lot more mm-hmm. so um, from there we're uh, moving on to what happens in Fixer Upper so Elsa isn't convinced um, by Anna's pleas and is resolved to stay on her own and leave the kingdom to Anna so uh, before Elsa leaves Anna lets her know about the entirety of Arendelle being frozen um, and Elsa kind of like freaks out and accidentally hits Anna again So this time she hits her in her heart and that uh, causes her to gradually be severely and fatally wounded. Um, And then Elsa begs Kristoff to take Anna home. So he decides to go to the trolls and the trolls took care of him as a child, which is the snippet of the line we heard before. So they're like family to him and like all family, they meddle in his business and try to set him up with Anna. That's that's pretty much what happens in Fixer Upper. I'm really not a fan of the song. Oh, like me too. Both okay. in, the, in the movie and in the musical. It just yeah. sounds very boring to me. So, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. It's my le- it's like my least favorite song in the movie as well. I wouldn't say like it's an activist like, but it's like it's not necessary. Everything else has been such high quality. And this mm. one is not high quality at all. It feels very childish and very unnecessary. Like, I understand they want to seem like they have a good family bond and that's why they feel so free to be all up in his business, but it's uh, an unnecessary song. 
Right, so after a fixer opera is done, Anna almost collapses and um, the head troll immediately detects that her life is in danger since there is ice in her heart. Um, so the head troll tries to like thaw the ice and heal Anna, but um, he cannot. And Kristoff sings meanwhile um, while the healing process is happening about his feelings for Anna in Kristoff Lullaby. nice solo for for Mm. Kristoff I think it gives more perspective about his character makes more sense how I guess the two of them end up together in the end Mm -hmm. um but something I was thinking about while I was watching it is like you know how like when Kristoff was like how could you get engaged with somebody you just met the first day it's like you technically just met Anna like for a day too but anyways the um, thing is I was thinking about that too but we don't know what how long this has been happening, the stretch of time. It must have been at least a few days because, like, we see them going into, like, different scenarios, like the shop and, like, slipping in a barn and stuff like that. So I'm guessing it has been over a day. I'm hoping at least over a week. So he got to know her a little bit, but who knows? I mean, we won't know, right? We will never know. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, but I really admire that he's taking Anna back to Hans, like, the second he heard only a true love kiss can save her. So that kind of selfless act is exactly why I think um, it makes a lot more sense Kristoff ends up with Anna, just because uh, he obviously is the one um, to go with. He's so sweet and kind, and to just have a really good heart. But musically, it's not much to me. I feel like because there are some really strong numbers from this musicals, like sometimes the new additions or um, some of the shorter songs, they just don't get to shine as much, which is kind of a shame, but what can you do, right? I still Mm -hmm. think it's nice that they at least have a solo for him just so that we can understand him a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But musically, it's just not not on my top to listen list, if that makes sense. Right. It's not a very uh, good, <laughs> honestly, um, musical number. I like that they give him something to sing because he does deserve it. He is an important character. He's a big character. And it's crazy that Hans has more numbers than him or has a bigger like musical impact than him especially since the actor who plays Kristoff does such an amazing job both um, in the acting and the singing so I like that they give him something I just wish they give him something better it's like a copy paste every other love song you heard before there's really nothing important or exceptional to say about it which is a shame all right so as we find out, the head troll cannot heal Anna, but knows the solution. Only true love's act can heal her. And one of the trolls suggests immediately, oh, a true love's kiss. So Kristoff decided to um, get Anna back to Hans immediately so he can uh, go and give her the true love's kiss and heal her. So then we cut to Hans and the search party. As they come nearer and nearer to the castle, also reflect on what happened with Anna and grapples with the question on whether her powers make her a monster. And she determines that she cannot and will not be a monster. It's her choice and she will try to fix everything. Is everyone in danger as long as I'm loved? 
like it. Yeah. Yeah, I really, really like it. I think out of all the new addition um, to the musical, like this one would be my favorite. I think it says a lot about um, Elsa's character. It reminds me of Frozen 2's Show Yourself in a way. Mm-hmm. And um, the only difference I think is like here she's more like questioning who she is and like who she should be in mm-hmm. a way like if she is actually indeed a monster or not. And in Show Yourself in Frozen 2 she's more like expressing excitement to find the answers of like how everything in her life just makes sense together. So um, but in general like I think those two do have some similarities and it kind of breaks my heart too when she sings that should I kill the monster so you can definitely see that she has that thought is maybe not the first time she has thought about it and I appreciate the fact that in the end she learns to live with the dark side inside her but I think this is such a lovely addition to the musical it's a very nice song and I think it was a really big hit when it got released mm-hmm. um and it definitely has its reasons so if you haven't heard about or you haven't listened to the song before I strongly recommend you to mm-hmm. and by the end of the song like she surrenders herself so she can go see Anna in the musical versus yep. in a mo- movie um she was defeated and then captured so then again I think it makes a lot more sense that she made that choice after she sings this song just because that maybe she realizes that what's more important to her and that is obviously Anna and her family and um yeah so I guess it makes her choice more obvious or like makes more sense I guess Mm -hmm. and um yeah musically I just really like it (laughs) yeah yeah what about you 100% 100% this is the best song the best new song in the entire Yay. musical it's a yes. very good song and I think that's exactly why they released it earlier before the Broadway like before the Broadway musical went to Broadway um, mm-hmm. because it's probably the one they were banking on to draw a lot of like people or a lot of like more musically theater fans um, and there is a reason why because it is very very good in terms of the what happens in there uh, I think what happened in the movie is like she first fights everybody off and then she talks to Hans and then Hans told her about like Anna being in danger. She's not in a castle, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's kind of like demotivates Anna, uh, demotivates Elsa. And that's why she kind of like almost surrenders, but not really, not completely. She does get defeated. It's kind of like a gray area, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and in here, you do get to see her grappling with the emotions of what's happening um, and what happened with with Anna. So um, I do appreciate the lyrics of it a lot because it does show you kind of an allegory to more extreme or to more like um, serious part of mental health. So as we all know, Elsa is a big um, allegory to depression and anxiety, like we mentioned before. And in here, you kind of get like almost suicidal ideation. um, And you really like her anxiety, depression, all that kind of stuff is really palpable. Um, And her overcoming it by the end of the musical, or uh, even overcoming it little by little in this very song, I think is a very powerful moment, even though she doesn't do the entirety of the journey so far, because as you mentioned before, Claire, um, I believe that she still believes that she is a monster. So she doesn't really accept herself still or at all, but um, she at least wants to um, survive in order to make other people feel better for the benefits of other people, which is something that is um, anything that, you know, will prolong her survival is good. And I think it's a it's a very important moment to have there. 
All right, so we get another reprise of Hans in the Southern Isle. Um, it's like the third of, time. Exactly, third time's a charm, eh? <laughs> um, at the end of the song, she surrenders to the search party, as you mentioned, um, and she asks them to bring her to Anna. Hans brings Elsa into the castle and hopes Anna is safe with Kristoff, at least that's what he says. Anna and Olaf enter the castle while Kristoff departs, and um, Hans rushes in to see Anna as Anna urges him to, like, kiss her and save her. Um, and that's when Hans says the famous line, Anna, if only there was someone out there who loved you, revealing that he was lying all along and was only after the throne. So uh, at the end of his reprise, he locks Anna up and rushes to kill Elsa. So Olaf comes to keep Anna company and make sure the fire is kindled so Anna won't die. So he also tells Anna that Kristoff loves her. And to make sure Anna is warm enough to not die, he sacrifices himself since as a snowman, he cannot live in the heat. I really appreciate them singing the first line of Frozen Heart, which is what I've been complaining about for the entire episode. <laughs> um, so they like sing Born of Cold and Winter Air. So um, I, I am internally grateful. I'm happy that it's there. It fixes everything. I, I don't get the right to complain. I do. I always get the right to complain. And I'm really sad it's still the only line there that is from Frozen Heart. But that's the only thing I wanted to mention before asking your opinion about true love and the reprise, I guess. I like how this musical spends more time exploring the deeper need of both Elsa and Anna. Um, like I said, like Elsa questions her own being in, na uh, in nature in the song Monster before. And here Anna faces her need for being recognized or being mm -hmm. acknowledged. So it's like in a way facing her dark side or like facing her deepest want and mm -hmm. need as a, as a person and that is you know, she's always being so alone her solitude her need for recognition and that kind of thing in this song so I think it's very nice to explore that side of both the characters and this song in a way I think is very relatable to almost everybody too because everyone has some kind of need inside them right and I think it's very hard to not seek for that sort of approval especially when you grow up in an environment where you didn't feel loved or supported or even recognized. And for somebody who grew up in that environment, I actually have a lot of admiration for Anna just because I don't think that I would have been able to kind of grow into a character like herself who is apparently very bright and very kind to others. I like the song narratively, like the lyrics important to Anna's character development. Um, mm -hmm. It's nice to see like the aspect of Elsa thinking about herself as a monster, or at least delving into her feelings, and then uh, like Anna having the exact same process as Elsa. But I thought it was pretty boring song musically. Like I took five times of listening to it to even remember it. To be honest. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So like. I don't know. I just didn't. It didn't do anything to me. Like, even though I recognize the importance of the lyrics or whatever, musically, it just wasn't interesting enough. But we are going to a song that I actually do like better. So, Colder by the Minute. So, um, Hans declares that Anna is dead and was killed by Elsa and that they got married before she died. Um, and that makes Hans the king and he sentences Elsa to death. So Elsa, Elsa frees herself and runs to try and fix the situation and Anna l leaves the room um, as well to kind of like try to go towards Kristoff. So Hans catches up to Elsa and says that Elsa froze Anna's heart and that he tried to save her but couldn't. 
And finally, he says that Anna is dead because of her, and that's when Elsa collapses. So Anna arrives at the scene before he can kill Elsa, and she protects her with her body as she turns to ice. Um, and that's what happens in Colder by the Minute. What do you think? Honestly, not much to think. Mm-hmm. I think music-wise, very messy. Mm-hmm. So didn't really enjoy it all that much. Um, again, stage design is nice because there's just so much that's happening. In all these scenes, like there is Hans going after Elsa, and there is Anna trying to find Kristoff, and then there is Anna like deciding to turn to Elsa and protect her sister and things like that. So there's a lot of things happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, but... It's not too messy, so you can still kind of see where everybody is. And that is very nice. But music-wise, it's just not the greatest. I think it's very messy for me. Mm -hmm. I like the messiness. So, like, I wouldn't say this is, like, one of my favorite songs, new songs that they added. But I actually like it more than the majority of the songs they do add because of the messiness. So... Usually the songs they add are very simple and they're not very complex musically. And that makes it difficult for me to pay attention to them, to be honest, because there is not a lot of memorable aspects for me to latch onto. And in here, because there is so much going on, I can rediscover a lot of different aspects of the song. So that kind of what draws my attention to it. And it also serves as a good emotional peak to me because you do kind of get the feeling of like the gravitas of the situation through the music. So everything is super dramatic in the number itself and outside of the number in terms of what's happening on stage. Um, so I like that this is like very congruent with each other. All right, so we're going to the last song, the finale. So the fact that Anna turns into ice kind of like protects Elsa because Han's sword kind of like breaks. Uh, Elsa is crushed to see her, Anna's ice body. She hugs her and cries. And right after Anna's body starts to thaw because Anna sacrificing herself for Elsa is constitutes as an act of true love. And that kind of like undoes her frozen heart. So due to this revelation, Elsa realizes finally how to control her powers. She understands that love is the answer and she fixes the blizzard and the snow covering the entire kingdom. So um, after this happened, Anna and Kristoff realize their love for each other and kiss. Everything else is also fixed and Elsa can rule with open castle doors and we have a happy ending. What do you think? I think it's nice. The sisterhood is so sweet. And like I like how in the finale, like they pretty much just changed the lyrics of Let It Go. So it's a different type of transformation even. So like the first time this song was sung, like Elsa felt like she had to let that, I guess, the good girl go. And then now she becomes a whole different person. And then now that Elsa once again realized that she doesn't have to be alone and she can mm-hmm. be accepted. And I think that is also another, like a deeper level of transformation, which is also very great. And it speaks yeah. very well to the happy ending. So I like it there. Um, yeah, I think the whole transformation of, sorry, going back earlier um, <laughs> to just, a little bit before the song so when Anna has been frozen and 
in the background, it plays the music of Do You Wanna Build a Snowman? I just mm-hmm. feel like it fits so well here. And that sort of emotion is really brought to the next level here. So I really like that. And obviously, it's a very strong contrast to the happy ending because everybody survived and then Yay. everybody knows how to solve problems and everything is solved. So that's also really great. So in general, I really like the finale. I think it's a very strong ending to the musical. And obviously, just because Let It Go is so famous, I think it makes a lot more sense that they want to pick the song as the closing song mm-hmm. um, of this entire musical too so that's also very nice yeah I agree I mean who would have thought that do you want to build a snowman like something with a title like that is going to have such like an emotional um, right? toll on this entire musical like the heaviest moments it's always there um, <laughs> unexpected to say the least but I think the finale is very nice I like how they wrapped everything together I like the call back to let it go um, and I think like it's a good finale all in all to be honest but it's it's a bit mm-hmm. conventional um, <laughs> but I mean that's also the source material you can't really complain about that right yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Should we give our final rating? All right. Drum roll. I'll give it a 7 out of 10 gloves. I'm going to give it 5 out of 10 warm hugs. Okay. Okay. Wow. Very, actually lower than I expected. Care to explain why? I really like the musical, the movie uh, <laughs> version rather than the musical. I think the movie did everything that was needed to do in a shorter period of time, better songs that were unnecessary, not unnecessary padding. Um, I like the characters better in the movie. I just like the like way to make it more like girl boss in this musical. It was minor, like towards my final score, that aspect, but it still irked me a little bit. So yeah, all in all, I, I prefer the movie over the musical and I wouldn't necessarily recommend people to go out of their way to see it I don't know it just didn't have an impression on me and I didn't get the feeling that it needed to happen as a musical to me it happened as a musical just as a cash grab like they saw the massive <laughs> success of Lion yeah. King they saw other six like relatively successful um Disney musical like Beauty and the Beast for example or Hunchback of Notre Dame so I think they just wanted to follow that popularity because they know how massively popular Frozen is and it wasn't really something that they had a passion for. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Actually, on that note, I was going to ask you, like, if there is one Disney movie that can be made into a musical, what would you want to see? That isn't? Yes. For me, the choice is clear. It's got to be Mulan, but that's just for me. All right. Um, I'd actually be really interested in seeing a Disney musical of a non-musical production they had. So I'd really like to see Atlantis, which I love. <laughs> I really, really like Atlantis. Um, or Treasure Planet, even though it had that one song there, which was a very good song. It was a bop. So mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see something that is a little bit less popular, a little bit less mainstream from their production. Um yeah, or or alternatively, I would also really like to see Hercules, just because it's so funny, it's so charming, um, and I think it could do really, really well with the campiness of musical theater. Like, I think that could thrive as well. That's okay, a good question. Why why Mulan though? Um, I think it's just because first of all, I want to see more Asian uh centered musical on yeah. hopefully Broadway or like West End. So Mulan is one of those like really nice stories that has an Asian heroine in it. 
And mm-hmm. second of all, Milan speaks to me especially because I really loved them when I was a kid. And um, and I don't know, like Milan is a very well-known um, Chinese hero too. Mm-hmm. So we all learn about it in actually all our Chinese classes. Like there is poetry about her and things like that. So I think that if it was going to be brought up to a Broadway stage or even just a musical stage, is actually going to be pretty cool because considering that it's, like a lot of wars and military fights and stuff like that, right? So um, imagining what the stage can do, I want, I would like to see what they would do with it and the costume and the clothing and everything and just in general, like the stage effects. So that's what I would like to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, out of curiosity, yeah. did you end up watching Rhea and the Last Dragon? No, actually I haven't. Okay, I haven't either. I was curious if you had an opinion on it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that's, that's it for the Disney corner that we have here. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you have anything you want to discuss about this episode, any other episode, or you want to recommend us something to watch, you can find us on Podway Podcast on Instagram, Reddit, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll see you in the next episode. Yeah, bye, bye. guys. Bye.